Now, I know it isn't quite Christmas yet, but I wonder, have any of you started to think about your New Year's resolutions yet? Not getting a sense that that is happening a lot in the room from that response. Now, maybe if that is a bit far ahead, I wonder if any of you remember what you decided to do at the beginning of last year in 2017. Now, I'm already looking ahead to my 2020 targets, not because I'm on it or particularly forward-thinking, but because I did such a bad job of keeping any of last year's resolutions that I decided, why waste the mental and emotional energy of coming up with new ideas when I could just have another go this year? Now, amongst my most ambitious resolutions, both last year and this year, is to run my first ever marathon. It's top of my list of things to do before I turn 30 in September. And as I'm sure you can tell from this slightly aspirationally fitting jumper, the training <laughs> has only just begun. Now, the first time that a marathon was ever run, it was by a fellow called Pheidippides. Pheidippides, love that name. Pheidippides lived in ancient Greece about 500 years before the birth of Jesus. And his job was a herald, a day runner. That meant he was to take messengers. He was to take messages from king and queen and commanders to armies to let them know what was going on in the heat of battle. And one day, word got out that the enemy had landed in a place called Marathon. And so Pheidippides was sent to go catch a glimpse of what was going on. But when he got there, much to his surprise, his delight, and his joy, he discovered that the battle had not only been fought, but it had been won. And so he sprinted right back 26-plus miles to Athens, and he ran before the emperor, he collapsed, and with his dying breaths, he uttered the words, victory, victory, we have won. It was, at that time, an announcement that meant everything. And at the core of the Christian story and of the Christmas message is an announcement that changes everything. It is a piece of game-changing good news. And this is summed up in the angelic words to the shepherds which said, do not be afraid, for we bring good news of great joy to all people. Good news, great joy, all people. And the reason why we're here today is that myself and others believe that that was not only true then, but it is true now in 21st century Nottingham. But you may think, Gareth, that's all well and good, but I'm not sure I can get on board with that. How is the birth of a baby in Palestine 2,000 years ago really relevant to my life right now? How can that be good news to me, let alone something that gives me great joy? And we live in a world where we are overwhelmed with information online. We have saturation news coverage globally. And there is no shortage of people or perspectives that are vying for your attention and your affection. And so in this kind of climate, 
How on earth are we to recognize, let alone receive, something as good news of great joy? Well, this involves a few things. Firstly, and this might sound a bit blunt and a bit basic, it means recognizing that the birth of Jesus is good news, not bad news. Now, apart from the odd sporting triumph or maybe a trivial fluff piece, it can feel like we are bombarded by bad news all the time. And sometimes I speak to people and they think that maybe, just maybe, the Christian message is bad news for them because they think that maybe they missed the mark or they could never measure up to the moral standard required of a Christian. But the message of Christmas is good news to the poor, to the blind, to the prisoners, to the brokenhearted. The angels made their announcement of good news to a group of shepherds, people who were out in the fields and on the fringes of society. And all of this was accomplished and delivered through a teenage mother, teenage mother pregnant out of wedlock. It's not bad news, it's good news for all people. But secondly, recognizing Christmas as good news means realizing that it is not fake news. It's good news, not fake news. Now, all of this may sound like a lovely story, like a nice idea, and in principle, you may be able to get on board with it, but you want to say, Gareth, I'm just not sure I can buy into that as a real historical evidence-based event. But I love how in his telling of Jesus' story, in his biography of Jesus' life, Luke, who we've heard read out tonight, begins by saying, I've written this so that those who might seek to follow Jesus could be sure of the things that they believe. In other words, Luke is writing a piece of investigative journalism, and he's saying, hey, if you want to fact-check this, feel free. And maybe you're here and you're intrigued, maybe even captivated by this Jesus. But you've got questions, and you've got queries, and you've got qualms. Well, if that's you, I would love to invite you to join us at the end of January on Alpha, a space where you can ask your questions and do your own bit of fact-checking. But finally, if we are going to not only recognize the birth of Jesus as good news, but receive it with great joy, we have to realize that it is not simply good advice. Especially in the last few weeks, my social media feed was full of advice, good and bad, about why and how I should vote. And if I was to walk into Waterstones, I would see shelf after shelf filled with books telling me what I should eat, when I should sleep, how I might live my best life. There's no shortage of good advice, and in history, there has been no shortage of good advice from religious or philosophical ideologies suggesting how we might live in a way that might best connect us with God or maybe something beyond ourselves. And sometimes we think that that's what Christianity is. It's another example of good advice. And it's true that Jesus grew up to be a teacher that gave not only good, but I would say the best advice ever given. But when he started his teaching... He did so by proclaiming that he was the good news. 
And this makes a fundamental and important difference. Remember our friend Pheidippides. Imagine if, instead of seeing a battle won, he'd come from a battle lost. What might he have said and suggested to the emperor? Maybe he would have had some ideas about why it all went wrong. Maybe he would have had some instructions about how to build a better future or do better next time. That's advice. But what he gave was an announcement of good news, of what had already happened, and that changed everything. The birth of Jesus is not the beginning of an interesting moral code or a set of good advice. It is an announcement of game-changing good news, of something that has already happened, but that you are invited to respond to, even tonight. Christmas comes to us not as a set of suggestions about how we might better measure up or how we might connect with God. Rather, the message of Christmas is that God has already sought to meet us in the manger and connect with you and me today. And the response to that message is not about a bunch of new resolutions about how we might become more moral or get better at religion. But rather, it's an invitation to realize that 2,000 years ago, to us, to you, and to me, a child was born. A savior, a messiah, a lord. And maybe you have heard this news before, and maybe you've gone beyond intrigue, and maybe you've wondered what it might mean for you to respond. Let me suggest that tonight, yes, even tonight, could be your night.